I want to tell you about a podcast you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and it busts common myths about special education. As a parent myself of a child who's had an IEP since kindergarten and he's now a 10th grader, I know how confusing, overwhelming, frustrating, sometimes daunting the whole process can be. I checked out an episode of Understood Explains called The Difference Between IEPs and 504 Plans. And what I love about it is how easily Juliana explains everything. She answers common questions that probably every parent or caregiver has. She dispels myths and is concise and to the point. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. And there's a direct link in the show notes if you need it. There's nothing more empowering than making the connection between things, food, anything, exercise, people, and that affecting us. And then we can make educated, empowered decisions about how we live our life based on how we want to feel. This is your Kick-Ass Life podcast, episode number 339 with guest Talia Pollock. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey there, ass kickers. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am so glad that you are here. My friend Talia Pollock is here, and I cannot wait to bring you this conversation and tell you about her new fun book. But before I do, I still need your stories. You might have heard me talking about this over the last few weeks. I need stories and examples for this book that I am writing. I'm writing my third book, Title To Be Determined. It feels like it's unnamed and it feels weird talking about it without a name, but it doesn't have a name yet. But soon, soon it will have a name. And as you know, in my books, I feature stories from clients and my friends and colleagues. And I love to feature stories and examples from you, my podcast listeners, women from the YKAL community. So you can head over to yourkickasslife.com slash story to check out the very easy to fill out document that we have over there that has all of the information. You don't have to answer every single question that I have on there, really only the ones that apply to you. I would really love to hear from some older women. This is the first time that I have written a book that is crossing four generations, y'all. I know I have a lot of younger listeners, new and, you know, that have been with me for a few years. I have women that message me that are in their early 20s. So you all are Gen Z. I have also millennials, Gen Xers like myself, as well as baby boomers. So it is so fun and exciting to be able to write a book and talk to you all and help all of you over four generations. So I have an abundance of stories from younger women. And I would love for those of you who are older, who are listening to please share your stories and examples with me 
me if you can, if you are feeling able. I love to feature women of all ages and all backgrounds. So yourkickasslife.com slash story. The two new questions that I have up there are around turning your life challenges that you have faced into invitations from life. So if you have an example of when life has just simply kicked your ass, or maybe it was just turned upside down, and you took that as a challenge to uplevel your life instead of a gigantic setback, which let's be honest, it's both. But I would love to hear your story on that, as well as if you can describe a moment in your life where you became aware of your own internalized patriarchy. For instance, if you suddenly realize that you've been judging women for something that you would never judge a man for. So if you can think of a story or example that you have, I would love to hear it. If you've already shared yours, thank you very much, by the way. Those questions will also be on the form. I'm just still trying to gather as many as I can. And those two new questions that I would love to have are at the top of the form. So please, 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 if you are feeling so inclined, I would love your help. And I am incredibly grateful. All right, Talia Pollock is here. And for those of you that don't know her, let me tell you a little bit about her. Talia Pollock is an author, speaker, storyteller, plant based chef, TV personality, and health and empowerment coach. She's the host of the popular Party in My Plants podcast and the proud founder of Party in My Plants, an internationally celebrated wellness platform that helps real, busy, everyday people skyrocket their positive energy to boldly take on the world in any way they wish. Talia's simple recipes and spunky lifestyle advice have been featured repeatedly on The Dr. Oz Show, Huffington Post, Mind Body Green, BuzzFeed, Success Magazine, and more. Her first book, Party in Your Plants, 100 plus plant-based recipes and problem-solving strategies to help you eat healthier without hating your life is available now. So without further ado, here is Talia. Talia, I'm so glad that you're here. I am thrilled to be here. I was on your show, I think it was last year. And the minute we started talking, I'm like, this girl, I mean, I want to adopt you as my little sister. <laughs> I'm open to it. I'm up for that. <laughs> you're open for applications? Yes. yes. <laughs> Please. I Well, and <laughs> I love anyone that can blend comedy and a really refreshing sense of humor with a topic that typically isn't known for that. And, you know, healthy eating. And I, I'll be honest with you, I don't have a lot of people on who talk about this topic because it's not... I mean, forgive me, but it's not that exciting to talk about. Am I wrong? I, I know exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> okay, good. Because I felt, I'm like, did I just totally insult her? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and I ran away. No, okay. Exactly. I know exactly what I'm going to say. All right, ready? Okay, yes, I'm going. Go. Okay. I remember our conversation so vividly. I remember where I was sitting. I remember it was like kind of a gray day. I remember we hit it off so well. And I just felt like we were like hugging by the end of our chat. And then I asked you, do you think I could be on your show? And you were like, oh... Um, I don't really do healthy eating on my show. <laughs> Is that what I said? <laughs> <laughs> well, and then and I got I was, your book. 
Oh, I know. So I am so honored to be here. You stood true in your truth, true in your truth. And this is great. (laughs) Well, I mean, if I had people on who were just my friends and that were just entertaining, then I don't think, I don't know if anybody would listen. They might, but I always want to bring things that my listeners are going to be expecting. And I don't want to have just somebody on who's going to say like, here are all the green smoothies that you need to eat. Cause that's, it's just not that it's, I, I need people to also be entertained. But then when you sent me a copy of your book and I, I follow you on Instagram and, and I want to drop a link to that episode from your show into the show notes. Cause I remember it was a great conversation. It was so good. I wish I remembered what number it was off the top That's of my okay. head. That's okay. My team I will find know. it. No worries. I'm not going to okay. give you more work to do. But you were gracious enough to send me a copy of your book and I open it up. And first of all, it's it's stunning just to look at the the colors, the pictures, everything. And I've seen a lot of cookbooks in my life and this isn't a cookbook. So let's, I, I have like a hundred questions I want to ask you. So don't start there. Start with what I was <laughs> saying about, about you, before we started recording, you were talking about healthy eating and how it sucks. So can you start there? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so the book starts with me saying bl- bluntly, yo, I know that healthy eating kind of sucks, you know, and the first thing you need to do if you want to eat healthfully is get clear about what sucks cantaloupe balls Uh about healthy eating for you. Because I think so many people are just like, woo, here's a green smoothie. Woo, eat healthfully. Why aren't you eating healthfully? Mm -hmm. It's so easy. Just do it. And that's not true. Like, from my own experience, yeah, it sucks. It can be socially isolating. It can be stressful. It can be expensive. It can be time consuming. It can be complicated and confusing and all the above. And so the book starts, it's like a hug here. I understand. I literally say, here's my empathy. Just take it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, please, and understand that it it does suck. It's okay that it sucks, but let's figure out how to make it suck less for you so you actually do it so you can actually go live, look, and live your best life. Okay. Well, I, I want to ask too, because I, I think that I might not be alone in this, is I assume that people like you who eat plant-based, either something really dramatic happened in their life, like they had a huge health scare and they had to, or more commonly, my belief is that they grew up on some kind of farm commune with hippie parents and like that's all they know or they're Gwyneth Paltrow like like, pick one (laughs) so what was your story I I choose a option a um I felt like crap for most of my life for a long time like over eight years I struggled a lot with my health it started with my gut we couldn't figure out what was causing me to just feel sick Sick all the time. We sought out multiple gastroenterologists, nutritionists, naturopathic doctors, dietitians, acupuncturists, hypnotherapists, everyone under the sun. And the most I could get was IBS. Yeah, was you have say. IBS. Mm-hmm. And IBS is just like a life sentence. It's people saying, we've ruled out everything else. Here's something that means your stomach hurts. We don't know why. We don't know what to fix. We don't know what to give you, but like, Bye. Yeah, we're out of ideas. Mm-hmm. That's it. And so uh, it's a life sentence. So I was in college at the time. And when you're supposed to be so vibrant and pulling your all-nighters and doing your keg stands mm-hmm. and making friends and memories and learning and growing. And I felt so 
so sick. And I just would flash forward to my, you know, someday wedding day and, and wonder how could I ever walk down the aisle if, if I don't know if my stomach will hurt too much or if I'm too bloated that day to fit into a wedding dress. And my, my after party for my wedding is going to be me in a bathtub feeling sick. Or how could I have kids if I'm never going to be up for like cute breakfast in bed because food hurts my stomach. And I just saw this horrible life for myself. And I was also at the time an aspiring comedian, Mm -hmm. which makes sense because a lot of comedy comes from darkness. And I was pretty dark because when you have stomach problems, you know, your stomach, they say is your second brain. And so that affected everything. My immunity, which then made me feel so sluggish. And I got all these weird like ear infections and like herpes on my eyebrow and like all these awful things. And then that affected my confidence. And then that led to depression. So I was just this blob of yuck walking around, like as far from my best self as humanly possible. But I found my joy in using words to elicit laughter, Mm -hmm. you know, cause I think, I mean, is there anything funnier than herpes on your eyebrow? Like (laughs) nothing, nothing. I mean, that is the punchline to every joke and the, and then herpes on the eyebrow. (laughs) Exactly. And so I just use comedy to like diffuse my own pain and I use it to connect with people. So this led me to be in LA for an internship with Adam Sandler's production company, Happy Madison. And in my off time from the internship, I ran around just seeing all the wellnessy stuff that LA had to offer. And that led me to one day being in a raw vegan cafe, ordering a coconut smoothie that I was told was good. They hand it to me. I say, I don't do dairy. They say it's vegan. I say, I don't know what the hell vegan is. I drink it. And for the first time in like eight years, I, I consumed something that made me feel good. Wow. Like it was that visceral. Yes. Yes. I remember exactly the bench, the the tree, the moment, the every single thing. It was this enormous aha because it was just, it was live food. Mm -hmm. It was like this creamy coconut superfood smoothie. And it was just living food that I put in my body and I felt good. And then I just dove into the, you know, the the plant Kool-Aid as they say. But this was in 2008. This was before everybody was on board. Before Instagram, before blogs, before anything. So I would just sit in Barnes & Noble on the floor transcribing vegan recipes on a yellow legal pad or information. And I went back to school to finish my year. And I'm now in college with a juicer in my dorm drinking green juice while my friends are off like drinking box wine <laughs> and I'm at home cracking open coconuts so I could drink coconut water because no one sold coconut water. So you were literally then- opening coconuts to make your own coconut water. Yes. Oh my gosh. In college. And I just became a health nut hermit. I was so insecure about this. I didn't like parade around with pride. I shunned myself. smug about it like some people are now. (laughs) No, no. Because it was weird and I felt so awful. And so I just hid away. I deactivated from my sorority. I started taking online classes from my on-campus apartment. I graduated with nobody. I had no one to sit with at graduation day because I prioritized my health over my happiness. And I'm like, this, this is ridiculous. You can't have one without the other. What's the point of health if you don't have happiness? Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I created Party in My Plants. And my whole journey is about combining the two. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I want to I sort of jump into the how because 
I personally, like raising my hand over here, often swing on again, off again, because I think probably, and I don't know what your feelings are around this, but like I did a whole 30, mostly because my husband struggles with some arthritis in his joints and nothing's helped. And I was like, well, maybe let's do this thing and see if you have, you might have inflammation because of the dairy and the other stuff. So I did it with him and I didn't notice that much of a difference in my energy levels or really anything. And Mm. I've also heard that you might need longer than 30 days. (laughs) especially if you've been eating the same way for 40 years. But all that to say, I have like an on-again, off-again relationship with healthy eating. So how do we make it less, I love that you like to say, take the hell out of healthy. Yes. So, okay. My philosophy is so simple. It is to eat more plants in a given day, lunch, dinner, week, year, lifetime, eat more plants than you eat crap. Okay. And crap being chemical, refined, artificial, and processed food. And all the other things, the dairy, the grains, gluten, oils, nuts, all that stuff, I, that's personal preference based on how your body feels and what your life is like. All I want to empower people to do is eat more plants. Mm-hmm. And this is not a vegan thing. It's not vegetarian. It's not pale. It's nothing other than just eat more plants. And when you just adopt that mindset, there's no restriction. There's no willpower. There's no on the wagon, off the wagon. There's no wagon. There's (laughs) nothing. It's just eating more plants. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Bree. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Bree, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt-free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. 
And so you talk about, because this is, you know, the thing I think that many of us are interested in. And I have a wide range of listeners by their age group. I have some women, some young women in their 20s. I have women, you know, like middle-aged like me. I have women that are older and like, you know, looking at their retirement years. And so energy is a factor, I think, for all of us. And so you talk a lot about that, that energy is the main benefit of eating plants. And why do you focus so much on that? I think I focus so much on that because I know what it's like to not have energy. You know, all those years I was walking around sluggish. I mean, I still had these dreams in me. I still had big goals and and huge aspirations and real a real desire to live life to the fullest and I was being held back by my health mm-hmm. I was being held back by my energy and my lack thereof and once I started eating this way it was like everything opened up I was unstoppable and once I made the connection you know, they say that food is like often a starting place for like more enlightenment, right? Mm -hmm. So once I realized that food affects how I feel, I made the connection that like just putting things in my body isn't like a willy nilly thing. Like it affects how I feel and thus how I live. I started to understand that everything affects how I feel. And that means I get to choose how I feel based on what I do. So even beyond the food, you know, our surroundings affect how we feel. Are our, our, the people in our life, like the whole body of work around feng shui is about our things mm-hmm. affecting how we feel. And so I just think there's nothing more empowering than making the connection between things, food, anything, exercise, people, and that affecting us. And then we can make educated, empowered decisions about how we live our life based on how we want to feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I love that. And it's the whole topic is truly intriguing to me because, and I know you talk about this in your book about how, um, you know, what we put into our bodies becomes, what we, the decisions that we make, the, the thoughts that we have. I'm, I'm not quoting you. I'm, I'm sort of just putting it into my own words, but you talk about and say that your work is intended to help people thrive, not just inside the kitchen, but outside of the kitchen. And, you know, as yes. you know, we, we all, the people that listen to the show are all about just making their lives better. So can you elaborate on that? Yes. So, okay. A lot of people think because I have this book with recipes and I've, I went to culinary school that I love cooking. No, no, (laughs) no, no, N O N O N O. Um, it is not some meditative artistic blissful experience for me to get in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't really talked a lot about this until this book came out. And I just felt like I needed to be completely honest with everyone. And it was really a learning experience for me because I was living in New York City and I, I found myself just not wanting to cook that much anymore. And I was blaming the fact that there was so much food so easily accessible for me in the city. And, you know, our apartment's small and blah, blah. I had all these excuses. But then we moved here to a house Mm -hmm. with an enormous kitchen. And I still didn't want to spend my life in the kitchen. And it really hit me that I view food as a tool for going out into the world and slaying it, going out into our lives and being the best mom, 
daughter, sister, business owner, writer, athlete, whatever that we want to be. I don't think that our our life should be being in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. I think we get in the kitchen, make our tool, go out in the world and and rock it. That's how that's what it I believe it should be. And in the beginning for me, I had to spend a lot of time in the kitchen because there wasn't even the option to buy coconut water, right? I couldn't I had to make my own almond milk. I had to do every single thing. But now that it's so much easier and more accessible to get the healthy food, I'm all about spending as little time in the kitchen as possible and as more time out living with the energy that you get. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I don't doubt that there's so, there's so much that has to do with, you know, I've heard experts talk about that, that our stomach is the second brain. And, um, you know, one of my children has had the diagnosis of, I will not name which one, but the IBS diagnosis. And I, when we left, <laughs> when we left the pediatric gastroenterologist, gastroenterologist, is that their name? Enterologist. Enterologist, who was a very <laughs> smart person. I just turned to my husband and I'm like, it's her gut. Like there's, well, not everyone knows which kid it is, but it's like, there's, there's, <laughs> there's, it's something that she's eating. I know it's something that she's eating and it's, it's just also fascinating. And even my other kid, when he was little, little, he had what the pediatrician called toddler diarrhea. And I saw a naturopath. I mean, it was like seven years later. And I said, well, I told this naturopath, well, he has toddler diarrhea. And she started laughing and she's like, there's no such thing. <laughs> hmm. That's what doctors say when they don't know what's wrong. So it's like, oh. it's like toddler IBS, I guess is what he oh was my calling God. it. Yeah. It turns out he had a gluten intolerance. But we had him tested for celiac, which came back negative. But then when we took him off of gluten, everything changed. We're like, huh. So I I believe you. All I have to say is I I totally believe you. And sort of switching gears, I'm curious, you know, feel free to get philosophical or woo-woo with us for a minute. Like besides the feeling better and the energy, what else have you learned from this entire journey? Oh, oh, so much. Well, the one of the hugest things that I learned is that it's actually not just about the food. Okay, say more about it's that. It's not about the food. It's because what happened was I ate the food. I, I got healthy. I felt amazing. And then as I told you, I started to withdraw from society. That made me lonely. That made me depressed. That made me anxious. And guess what? This The planty food started upsetting my stomach again. Huh. And that's when I realized that it, it's not just the plants. You can't eat Brussels with a bitch face, as I say. You can't white knuckle kale. You have to season your salads with your smiles, not with your tears, because that stress is worse for you than pesticides. Mm. No ifs, ands, or buts. The stress is the worst thing. And so if people are running around trying to eat healthier and I got to make my healthy food, that that tense energy is actually going to negate the effects of that healthy food. And so that's why I try to bring levity to this, make it joyful, because it's really a, um, a stress management discussion as well. You know, you can't, you have to be chill about this because that stress is worse for you. That's, that's one thing. And I'll say one other thing about bigger picture is that I realized through this work and through writing this book and through coaching people for seven years that a lot of what I'm doing is emboldening people. It's giving them confidence because the world doesn't really need more recipes, you know? (laughs) 
I love how you lowered your voice. I know. I know. I was just thinking about that. Don't tell my publisher this, but (laughs) it's true. It's the, it's not a shortage of recipes that is making it hard for people to eat healthfully. It's a scarcity of confidence, you know, a lack of courage to order the cucumber slices instead of the chips at the Mexican restaurant Mm -hmm. or to show up to the potluck with your healthy brownies um, instead of, you know, just relying on their brownies or bringing a kombucha as your mixer to a tailgate rather than just drinking beer, whatever. It's that, that confidence that really is the missing piece for um, executing a healthy lifestyle. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. Well, I would love for you to say more about that because because you say that you've become obsessed with boldness and how that ties into to eating plants. And I know you talked a little bit about it, but I would love for you to like feel free to take the stage, like get up on your soapbox <laughs> about it because I love talking about boldness. Yeah. Well, that's what I realized was really what this book and what my life has been about because once it became clear that my purpose and joy and passion wasn't actually like chopping onions and ramps Mm -hmm. and sauteing stuff. Like I realized that what I'm really doing here is, is executing this tool so I could go out in my life with more boldness and confidence. So in a way it's this like, like figure eight kind of thing where like one feeds the other. So I believe that we need that boldness to make the bold choice to show up for ourselves and prioritize ourselves when it's uncomfortable, right? We have to choose ourselves. Like in those examples I just gave, ordering cucumbers Uh instead of tortilla chips, like that takes boldness. Like every time I, like a few weeks or before the pandemic, like I was at a speaking conference with a bunch of other aspiring, you know, motivational speakers. And we went out to a Mexican restaurant 
And first I ordered my margarita and I said, can you not make it um, with like a lot of sugar? And I, you know, requested my special margarita. And then I ordered with the guac. I said, can I also have a side of soft corn tortillas and vegetables? Mm -hmm. And everyone looked at me like, whoa, like you really know what you're doing at a restaurant. And these are all speakers who are used to being on stage and using their voice to like uh, you know, empower an audience. And they looked at me like, damn, like you've got a lot of guts, like really asking for what you want. Mm-hmm. I know that look well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except I'm not ordering <laughs> vegetables. It's other reasons, but go ahead. Oh, well, <laughs> if boldness. you apply that to food, that's really what people um, have been needing from me all these years. That's what this book is. It's it's a boldness empowerment tool. And then the other side of this is once you have the energy that you get from eating the plants and feeling well and having less um, health issues and much more energy, then you get to go out into your life and be more bold. I 100% I love what an evangelist you are for this. Oh. <laughs> and it was just, you know, in case anybody missed it, the book is Party in Your Plants, 100 plus plant-based recipes and problem-solving strategies to help you eat healthier without hating your life. And I, I this isn't a cookbook. Like it, it's, it's, that's the best compliment. In the world. Oh, I'm glad it's, it's, it's a funny, beautiful book that has recipes in it. Like that's, oh. It's you know. that's literally what I wrote in my proposal. Oh, you're that kidding! Like I, I was because, like I said, like f- food has been my, like my vehicle. It's been like not a costume. It's been like been my eat. Like you know, it's like the Trojan horse. Sure. Okay. Food has been my like Trojan horse. It's like, you know, give the people what they want. Or what is it? Give the people what they want. Sell them what they yeah, need. Or sell the them what they want. Give them what they need. <laughs> Yeah. So that's exactly what my intention was with this. Like I've used recipes to really be, you know, the, the, the sexy thing literally with the beautiful food photos, but it's, it's meant to be a book. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that you said that, I'm just jumping. Yeah. I I had no idea that that's like, was your goal? I'm like, well, you nailed it. (laughs) It's just, it's funny stories. And I mean, right when we got on the phone together, I told Hallie and I'm like, it is beautiful. Like, and I don't say that about very many books because books are books, you know, it's like blank pages with writing on them. And maybe there's some illustrations if you're lucky, you know, unless it's a children's book, it doesn't have a lot of things to look at that really catch your eye. It's just, it's aesthetically, they did a really, really great job. And I think you should be really proud of it. And I I know that you are. Thanks. All right. All right. Um, before we wrap up, I want to know, I, I ask this question quite often of my guests and I'm, I'm really curious with you though, because most of my guests, it's like, you know, straight up and down personal development. I'm pretty sure of like what they might say, but I have no idea what you're going to say with this. I'm curious oh. what surprises you about the women that you work with when you're taking them through this journey. Ooh, what surprises me about the women that I'm working with when I take them through this journey? Honestly, it's the fact that they're held back by these little things. Like, I'm nervous to go to my mother-in-law's house because I don't know how to deal with the fact that I can't really eat her food. Her tater tot casserole. Mm-hmm. It, like, yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Like, it's it's shocking. It's been nonstop shocking to me that that's what holds people back. 
It's the social things. It's the like all my coworkers are going out to Panera for lunch. Mm -hmm. I don't want to eat Panera. Ah, help. It's Mm -hmm. all these social situations. Asking for what they want. That's a chapter in the book that I'm writing. Ask for everything you want. And it's interesting. I find that we are conditioned to be accommodating and not make any scenes or rock the boat or ask for what we want for fear of putting other people out, for being a bother, for being annoying, mm-hmm. High maintenance. For being demanding. Yeah. And it's it's interesting. I never until this moment occurred to me that, oh, this is also happens when people are trying to eat differently and and sort of veer a little bit away from the quote unquote norm. And I've I've encountered that a little bit when I quit drinking. And mm-hmm. um it's different though, because we can survive without drinking, right? I don't need to drink in order mm-hmm. to live, but eating eating is different because everybody eats. Yeah. I mean, I since the day I opened the doors to partyinmyplants.com in 2013, I've been collecting. When you sign up for my newsletter, I prompt you to write back to me with your number one struggle. Uh-huh. I, I would say 96% of struggles involve social scenarios. Every once in a while, I'll get a, I don't know how to cook or I don't, I don't have any good recipes, but it is all like an in-depth story about their husband or their one kid or their, you know, coworkers that always bring donuts and eclairs into the office or this or that. It's all social situations. And the, the antidote, the solution is, is building that boldness in you to be like, this is how I eat because this makes me feel my best. I want to be my best. So once you make that something you own, because for a while for me, I felt, as I told you, like really small about it. I was ashamed. I was embarrassed. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be that awkward person. You know, I had uncles that would give me eye rolls when I'd show up at Steeler games with kombuchas or asked to go to Whole Foods before to get my healthy food. Why couldn't I just be easy? You know, I got a lot of that. And it wasn't until I just owned it. And I was like, this is who I am. And that's when no one gave me eye rolls. No one made comments. No, no one, cause I owned it and, and I had the courage and the confidence and the boldness. And that's when it became joyful and easy. Oh my gosh. I, I just got this vision of you. I have no idea if you did that or not, did this or not, but like at this, at the Steelers game or at the, wherever, if it was at the actual game or in somebody's house and you know, the uncle gives you the eye roll and you respond with like, guess who doesn't give a shit about your eye roll? this girl. <laughs> you pointed to yourself like, <laughs> that's what I would hope. I did not do that. But what happened was I just, I just quietly embraced it. Like I remember so vividly, I would always bring kombuchas and, um, you know, as like my mixer or as in, in lieu of drinking and one game, everyone wanted my kombucha. They didn't want the like jungle juice. They didn't want this together. And I actually ran out and I remember watching him watch me. And I was just like, see, you see here. (laughs) It just, it, it was just like a quiet confidence. And I think that really helped me succeed. Oh my gosh. I love this story. And I want everyone to go and also listen to your podcast party. The podcast is party in my plants, right? My plants. Okay. And the the website, the book is party in your plants because you want people (laughs) to party in their own plants. 
Exactly. <laughs> I don't want them to party in my plants. It's about your plants. Get your All own of our plants. plants. Well, congratulations on the book. Party in Your Plants Thank is available you. wherever books are sold. Um, and everyone, please still order from independent bookstores. They need your help much more than Amazon does. So please, please, please. True. And anything else you want to say before we close up? Oh, just thank you. This was a delight. And I'm so glad I, I broke the barrier. Me too. <laughs> got to come on. I mean, it really, I'm just so delighted that you saw that this is not a cookbook. You saw the humor and that that was really my goal. It's a book disguised in a cookbook because my dream is to write books like you. That's exactly the next I was just going to say, like, maybe your next book could be about just what you were talking about, that it's not always just about food. You know, I think food is just yeah. one area where we have a hard time speaking up about things. But I, there is definitely That's room the on the self-help bookshelf for you to talk about your own journey and the journey that you've walked through with clients. Thanks. Yeah, That's everyone, so thank you so much for your time. You know how grateful I am that you choose to spend it with me and my guests. I value you so much as listeners. And until next time, everyone, I will see you all out in cyberspace. Bye-bye. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Co, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts.